2: Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one ginger. You know, we started off the day with technical difficulties, like pretty much every episode. I feel like something's going on, but we figured it out. It took us 23 minutes this time, and we are rocking and ready to go. How are we feeling? I'm feeling Feeling great. (laughs) Feeling
3: great. All things considered, we're living in a digital age, and this is what comes with it.
4: I'm feeling the same way. I'm living large, in charge, (laughs) hanging out with my homies. And that's you guys.
2: You know, we did actually have a double date. And from the first three-fourths of the dinner, we didn't talk about work, which was really nice. So nice. It always creeps in, which is good. I mean, when you work with your best friend, it's always going to kind of creep in. Totally. But it's where our best ideas really come to fruition. Because we brainstormed some good shit at this double
4: date. There's also something really funny we came up with on the Patreon this week that I was laughing about this morning. I got those files over to Jared and I was like editing some mistakes out and I was cracking up about where we were talking about tickling the wire and like (laughs) how we're going to integrate that into the first degree as some side of inside joke or some segment. And I'm like, it's just too good to tickling the wire is too good for us to not, you know, be creative with that.
2: Yeah, if you're not part of our Patreon, you have not heard this episode that we did. I mean, the episode itself wasn't incredible, but there was this.
4: It sure term. was incredible. It was I mean, an incredible I mean, not, episode,
2: not in like a
4: um, like happy way. But well, no, it's of course it's very sad, but yeah. well researched, might I say. Well researched, <laughs> but during
2: said episode, we uh, came across a term called tickling the wire. It's kind of like wiretapping, I'm assuming, but. Tickling the wire, there's something there. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but there's something there.
4: Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Patent pending. <laughs> what do you tickling. think, Jared? Tickling, tickling the, wire. the
3: wire. I don't First off, I hate being tickled. So. Everyone hates it. Right out of the gate, I'm very uncomfortable.
2: Do you guys think that tickling should be considered pain because they're on an episode of Bachelor in Paradise, this was a huge point of contention between two people and it kind of led to their breakup because one said the tickling was considered pain and one did not
3: some people consider I it really
4: pleasure. i really hate it i really hate it and like i remember you know uncles and shit would hold me down and tickle me and Ugh. i'm like this is my nightmare i hate this it's like even if it's PTSD. not creepy it's just it becomes painful because you're stimulating you know someone's nerves to such a degree that it's eliciting some physical response and, you know, recoil. So I think yeah, literally it's, I think it's a yeah, violation fire, for flight. sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tickling is creepy. I feel like we all probably had a, like a first creepy tickling experience at some, some point of our childhood that it's just visceral.
4: I feel like I still get tickled. And I don't want to
3: really
2: Jared keeps trying to tickle me. It's Matt quite annoying. Matt tickles me. And I like
4: squeal scream so loud. <laughs> it's such that it, a good move. It so stops fun. right away. Cause he's like, the neighbors will like it right away. You just do, let out a shriek <laughs> and then they'll stop. You well, just my can't thing try to be is too quiet about it. Cause then they'll keep going. I have like immediate like
2: reaction and I have very long, very sharp nails. And I, I'm like, Jared, I can't control how I'm going to react to being tickled. And most of, what happens is I go into a claw and like dig into his neck. <laughs>
3: well so it's I had just to... A,
4: it's just a trigger response. I mean you unfortunately, can't
3: help it. I had to I had to warn Jack pretty early on when we were dating. I was like, You can't tickle me because I have an involuntary reaction where I just start bucking like a like a wild bronco. I just start <laughs> kicking and like anything I can do to get you away from me and like I can't control myself.
4: Yeah. I hate I it. If one of you happens to be wearing steel, tube, <laughs> sto, steel toe boots when one of you tickles the other. It's all over. It's all over.
2: Um, well, I'm glad that we started off on tickling. Um, do we want to get into the day today?
4: Would love Indeed. to hear that.
2: Okay, so today is January 19th. And on January 19th, 1809, poet, author, and literary critic Edgar Allan Owlin- <laughs> <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe is born in Boston, Massachusetts. So I'm pretty sure everybody at least has an idea of who Edgar Allan Poe is. Um do either of you have any connections yes. or anything yes. you'd like to share?
4: Yes, I'd love to talk about this. Okay. Okay. First, he wrote my favorite poem of all time, Annabelle Lee. Mm. Favorite poem ever. Second, I was thinking about the episode when I was writing my Costanza Stanza. And I had a thought, and I don't know if either of you know this, a girl on Poe, where does the word poem come from? Oh. Because my friend Jeff, he used to write poems and he'd call them a rowem as like a mm. joke. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, today's rowem is, but I'm now thinking maybe Poe is the derivative of poem, or I am an idiot and there's some Latin derivative and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But to me, it made sense as like the ultimate poet.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's actually a really good observation, but
4: I probably not Because I think, not, to, I think tr- poems predate him, 15th I have a, century. I,
3: I have bad news for you. Uh oh. <laughs> poem comes from the Greek poema, poet, po- po- poema, oh. meaning poema? a thing. <laughs> Meaning a thing made Ooh. And a poet is defined in ancient terms As a maker of things
4: That's so vague It's really, really obtuse For but, how so if you're specific making stuff, poetry yeah. is Yeah, a, th-
2: a person who makes things That's literally every think, single human in the world I think mine makes more sense
4: We're I going think with it mine too.
3: Edgar Allen Poem, poem. <laughs> Yes
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> Did, That's the know? name of this episode Edgar, Edgar Allen, Allen Poem, poem. Yep
2: well, what I learned, I'll kind of go through his biography so we can kind of get a little TLDR about him, but he is the first well-known American writer to earn a living through writing alone. So up until then, nobody had been making all of their income from just writing. So he was the the first documented one. So poem, he is the first paid poet. Poet, you know? yeah. Wow. So number one, I'm pretty sure he died when he was like 40 I don't, I don't have his death in here. Oh, I, well, there's a big part about his death later, but I don't know what year it was. But I think he was like 40. And if you go and look at a picture of Edgar Allan Poe, he looked
4: old. Like, he looked like he was 70. So, he died October 7th, 1849. He was And born it's in, remained mysterious. Well, we're going to get into his mysterious death because Ooh. I found it fascinating. So, Ooh. he died in when mystery. he was 40, which is
2: Four years older than us. And I've got to say, I feel like I look a little better Uh, than he did in his heyday.
3: (laughs) Let's not say four years older than us.
4: I am not counting the years of the pandemic as aging because I didn't (laughs) go outside and I didn't get any sun damage. Therefore, I regressed. That's true. Okay. So we're going to get into a little
2: bit of Edgar Allan Poe's life. So... He was born in Boston. Um, Something that happened when he was a baby is his dad left when he was one and then his mother died before he turned two. So he was pretty much an orphan his entire life. And it kind of affected him throughout his life. Like he always had that abandonment and he was always trying to like reach it and deal with it like during his his life, especially with some of his marriages. And he ended up Plural, going, huh?
4: many marriages. M- m- what a well, guy.
2: everybody was dying. Sure. Like, like really young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You're like, God oh, dang it. You gotta find another one. Right. Yeah,
2: No, everybody was dying of like, I don't know what diseases were going on in the 1800s, but So he enlisted in the army for a while. He was like kind of writing. And when he was in the U.S. Army under an assumed name, he published his first collection called Tamerlane and Other Poems, credited only to a Bostonian. So he didn't even have his name on his first work of poetry. Then he spent the next several years working for literary journalists and periodicals, becoming known for his own style of literary criticism. I guess he was like kind of a dick, like
4: his critiques for other works. That does not surprise me one bit yeah he was like
3: elitism in art
4: and poetry like it's the most pretentious thing you can do it's like (laughs) do rhyming couplets about your feelings
3: (laughs) it really is oh so in
4: 1845
2: he published the poem the raven which we all know to instant success and a fun fact about me is i was almost going to be named raven but my dad
4: vetoed it
2: so I could have had a connection to Edgar Allan Poe. Another one of my favorite
4: poems ever. It's so good. Um, it may, in fact, be the inspiration for our Costanza stanza today. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. I can't wait. Yes. Oh, I did an extra special poem. <laughs> it's my one slice of life where I can be pretentious. So I, I'm, I'm going to do it.
3: I love Amazing. it. i ready to snap.
4: Yes. Hell, I know. Snap, snaps.
2: So he, then he died mysteriously. We're going to talk about that later um, when he was 40 years old. So Edgar Allan Poe is best remembered for his tales of terror and haunting poems. But he's also credited as one of the earliest writers of short stories, the inventor of the modern detective story and an innovator in the genre of science fiction. So he was kind of
4: Wait, doing it all. The detective genre. Does this mean he's like our great, 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 great granddaddy of like crime?
2: Of true crime, I guess. Of like
4: Whoa, that's I don't fine. know
2: enough about Edgar Allan Poe's like other works to really. Maybe
4: we should do a whole, a whole like Patreon about him, like everything we can find. I, I think like that would that. be really fun.
2: That would be fun. Ooh, yeah. I like this. A Me too. Deep dive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we come back for true crime rewind, we're gonna go through some weird shit about Edgar Allan Poe. But until then, we have got some bitching to do.
1: Please rise. part is now session. All right. Call the first witness. How do
2: you plead guilty or not guilty? Welcome to On the Stand every week. We bring a person, place, thing, or an idea to the stand. We either love it or we hate it. We talk about it, have a good, healthy discussion, and then vote if it's guilty or not guilty. Bring it to Instagram. You vote if it's guilty or not guilty. And if you have your own On the Stands, you can call us. And I don't know if we have the number available right now, but it should be in our show notes.
3: We're on the stand. It is in the show notes now, just so you guys know. I'm adding them in. Good should, job, I, Jared. should I
4: read them right now? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Let me um, drum roll, please. 818
3: is... 818-446-6889. <laughs>
4: Wait, is that the... Yeah, that's right, Jared. Okay. For on
3: the stand, it is 818-446-6889. <laughs> what a I've got guy. them in my notes now.
4: Look at you, Jared. He's taking control. Ah, wow. I love it. Look Look at this Teamwork, teamworking, making the dream working.
3: Hey, it's one less thing that Alexis has to do now.
4: Oh, That's right, guys. Take it off her plate. Me and Jared um, are just passing responsibilities around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first for my on the stand. Great. So what I am bringing to the stand today is when you're in a single public restroom and it has a lock. And from the outside, it tells you if it's being used or not. Yet somebody decides to try to wiggle the handle and knock on the door. To try to get into your bathroom when it is clearly, clearly occupied. I just thought about this the other day because it happened to me. And I'm like, it is crazy how uh, often this actually does happen on a daily basis to, I'm sure, everybody in this world.
4: Yeah. It's insane. Uh, Yeah. I think they just want the person inside to know there's someone waiting because when they went in, there was no one waiting. So the person thinks that they can just take their sweet time because there's no line. Mm. So that's happened to me where it's like. If I'm like five minutes, because I was like, sup, I'll put some mascara on because no one was waiting and I'm, I'm ready to have some alone time, whether it's putting on some perfume or brushing my hair, like sitting on the toilet. No one's getting hurt. I don't do that in public. I don't, I don't discuss those things, but (laughs) anyways, so, um, I'm going to, I don't know how I feel at this. I want to see what Jared says and Jack says before I decide how I feel.
3: This sends me into a rage i hate when people are yanking on the handle we've if it has an indicator or not it's just like check it once maybe if it says vacant or occupied you can clearly read that just go away and come back but i do alexis to your point i understand the urgency check like one time yeah like hey
2: i'm out you get one
4: no you wait
2: you wait for a little bit you wait for a while i guess not five minutes enough to like have the person if you know maybe something's going on like give them enough time you check once lightly to let them know that you're there and then you
4: don't check again yeah because Because they're either coming out or they're not or they either (laughs) care about you being there or not and if they care they'll come out soon and if they don't they never would have anyway so yeah. doing it more times is just going to agitate a situation and you don't want to have an awkward fucking confrontation when someone comes out of a bathroom, who knows if they wash their hands, like it could get real messy from here.
2: No, there's no more vulnerable place to be than, especially if maybe some, your stomach's gurgling or something. And then you're like looking at somebody in the eye that has just been judging you the <laughs> entire time. And you're like, I already am embarrassed enough. Like I have enough shame as it is. And
4: my stomach hurts. <laughs> yeah. And
2: I'm going I'm through sick. something right now. Yeah. <laughs> like i
4: don't want to be here either i don't need this you shame you on to... top of everything else yeah i have so a you car you... ride ahead of me <laughs> <laughs> like.
3: <laughs> He's like, you think you
2: don't want to be in this dirty gross bathroom right now by myself no hard no, pass.
3: nightmare no. all right i so had I'm... a guy i had a guy at the airport because you know there's like a two-foot gap on the bottom of the stall door like in a public bathroom yeah like a foot and a half he Too was much. looking too too, much too much, way too much close the whole much. door so he was looking under to see if people's feet were in there which is I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying that's what he was doing but he was looking I think to see feet and he looked <laughs> under mine and I just went hello <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait he looked
2: under it uh, Dude, he put his head close enough to the no, ground that you like, saw his face he,
3: he was like bent over at like a, i don't know what the angle would be but like you know like almost like you're touching your toes and he was like looking to see if there were feet and i saw like his the little top face <laughs> like, insane. and i just said hello
4: he probably <laughs> needed to go number two and he was seeing if anyone was around to hear how see, bad i he, people do that he,
3: he didn't want to yank on the nut on the door handle he was he's like. A, he's, but that's also like he's a public bath
2: i mean that's a that's a multi-bathroom that's not like you're yeah. in the singular yeah, stall. yeah
3: that's not a thing yeah no he true. just that's wanted to different. know who
4: else was there because he needs to know how conservative yeah. or not to be
3: <laughs> i just thought it was a fun story i wanted to share that
4: hello is, it's pretty fucking funny jared <laughs> i can just i can
2: imagine you doing that hello i love it i uh, love it
4: all right well guilty 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 all right who's um, next i'll, I'll go, go next, next. Oh, go oh. ahead, buddy. Jerry. You go next.
3: Okay, um, we were talking about the theme of the episode, and we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe. And I was thinking about being poetic, and today I'm putting on the stand um, people who make up their own inspirational quotes and like post them on mm. you know their Facebook, their Instagram, their social media, and they just kind of have this. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's you're not you're not published. Okay, that's the qualification here. Non-published poets posting (laughs) inspirational or, you know, we're talking about like
2: we're talking about you brought that into Canva and you put your quote together and you credited yourself at the end. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. Because I barely want to listen to the professionals in this setting. And, you know, it's just I, I cringe because I think about me doing that and how Like I could, I would tremble at hitting the post button.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we get embarrassed by that kind of stuff.
3: And I am not, and I, I wish I had that sort of like, um, I wish I could turn that switch off and like have no shame and just go for it. But, and so I don't really, I don't want to take away from anyone if they're creating or being, you know, intellectual or thinking about wanting to put something profound out there. I'm just saying to me, it's got a level of cringe on it and I'm putting it on the stand because, you know. I don't know. I only
4: think you should put profound things out there like if you've done significant work in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly like to do your own. If someone else quotes you, that's something else entirely. Like totally, if somebody totally. else if somebody like Atticus is one I can think of, like an yeah. Instagram guy, a poet, um really really talented writer, obviously, yeah. right? But everyone else blew him up by quoting him which is not the same as quoting yourself on your own Hmm. feed no Hmm. right so i think you have to do significant work and then maybe then let other people quote (laughs) you and create the memes and you can share them yeah yes with all those functions but like i think the only time it's okay for your quote memes to be out there is if someone did them and you're sharing them on your professional page so This, I mean,
2: I can attest to this because I had one quote that I wrote fifteen years ago that went like kind of viral, viral. for its time. Yeah, it's there was on, like
4: magnets and postcards. It's,
2: it's on Goodreads. Uh, yeah, Ooh. I'm still selling. I'm still selling little cards. I saw one at the coffee shop the other day, um, but I will repost that every once in a while because I honestly think it's a good quote. It was way uh, ahead of my time for my age. I was like, I mean, "What do you? You are doing? a visionary." I, I was.
3: <laughs> I, I had no idea I would be attacking my fiance in this one. But, but
2: no, but I do. I, I don't make my own like little graphic with that quote on it and and put Jack Vanek at the bottom and then post that. I'll maybe post the card when I see it, because I'm like, oh, I saw the card in a gift shop. But um, I mean,
3: that's that that's that that's in the safe zone. That's fine. Yeah. What I'm talking about is like. You can tell, like, your buddy just went through, like, a breakup because he starts posting all this stuff that's, like, it's not he's not quoting any, like, poets. It's, yeah. like, in the end, it will all work out. It's, like, really vague stuff Rob. like that.
4: Rob. Mm. Well, this actually reminds me of um, far long ago before I was madly in love with Matt. I was hoping you are going to bring this up. I had an experience with a man. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. You know, like, we had, a, like, a thing at one point phase and then we stopped talking cuz something bad happened and i was like fuck this guy and then yeah. like maybe a year passed and then there was a reconnection and i was telling jack about it and a bunch of my friends and i was like here's his instagram and she's like are those quote memes that he's made of his own thoughts. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm
3: talking about. That's no, all I was and talking You about, know yeah.
4: how like
2: there's like the thing where girls have nicknames for all of the guys that they date. Like his nickname was the meme maker. The meme maker. Th- that's all. I don't even remember what his name was, but I remember the meme and I actually didn't he like Use like an Eve Six quote or, or like a Lit quote, and then like credited himself. Yeah, but for then the he put his lyrics? own like
4: punchline at the end of it. Ooh. Like, Some yeah, ironic. Adding on to a quote. Yeah, he added on with like an ironic <laughs> twist at it's the like end. A,
3: it's like he's like the Banksy of quoting.
4: Oh yeah, he def, you know total mm. blasphemy. Yeah, defiling he remixed. He remixed <laughs> defiling <laughs> the quotes <laughs> is fucking spot on. Yeah,
2: he remixed like a Lit lyric, <laughs> added his own
4: twist, and then credited credited. It, it, himself and this is so <laughs> offensive posted. to Jacqueline that this comes up at least once a year even though this guy's been long gone mm. this is something we talk about in reference kind of regularly
3: options for it yeah that's why oh my
4: god so, I love it Steph. so
2: much well
3: guilty for me
4: guilty ready for mine ready? yes <laughs> okay so it's no secret I love a salty snack oh yeah it's no secret that I love a pickle Love a pickle. You know that I love my my pickle roll ups. Pickle roll ups with turkey, cream cheese, and pickle wrapped up, cut mm-hmm. up like sushi. Eat it like a classy lady with a beer or something. That's sort of a wow. fond, you know, outside of body experience I do with myself. I want that right now. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> but what I'll say is, I tried a pickle the other day. We didn't have the ones I normally like, but I had a can of pickle, a jar of pickles in the fridge, uh-huh. and I tried it, and it was a sweet gherkin.
3: Ooh. Was it like a bread and butter kind of vibe?
4: No, love bread and butter because bread and butter has dill and the the uh, vinegar is still savory and like tart. Mm. Sweet gherkins, okay, they taste like relish juice. Oh, so ew. I am prosecuting the sweet gherkin because you're <laughs> not what I'm craving. Like I'm craving like a sharp spike in sodium I'm craving like a pickle. It's supposed, Sour. To like, it's supposed to be a surrogate for like a bag of Cheez-Its, like a zero calorie snack that I can eat that gives me the savory sh- shenanigans. I tried a pickle gherkin and I was like taking a bite of relish. It was sweet. It was uh. bad. I could barely finish a small one. And I was like, this is not a pickle. This is a dessert gherkin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is not put, a pickle.
4: Put that on a Sunday, you know? This is a dessert portion of the charcuterie <laughs> because this is not, this is not, it did not satiate the part of my like umami craving, like a pickly, salty thing I wanted. Yes.
2: You know what?
3: No. Hearing Jack say that, I wonder if Salt and Straw has ever done like a sweet gherkin ice cream.
2: I mean, they might have. Patent like, pending. probably happened. Pickled probably something happened. Patent pending. Sweet mm. okay. gherkin thing ice cream. Um, I, I don't even like a bread and bug butter pickle. Like
4: they tote the line for me, but I, I got some fresh ones from a place that has like, you know, they're like fresh. They just have yeah. like a thing on it. I love those anything in a jar. No, it's like mm. they get too sweet as time goes on. Mm. I'm just here for the, I'm here for a salty pickle with some I want straight the pickliest
2: up pickle. Yeah. We're going to Jersey Mike's after this extra pickle, oh, pickles, guys. the Good more, the merrier thinking
3: about it all day. We're ready. Oh my I've been gosh, thinking about so it jealous. since I woke up. The, the thing about relish is relish looks – when I see relish, I'm like, that's going to be delicious. Even though I know it's too sweet. I don't like relish. And then it's good I go on a, for it's it. It's good on
4: it's, a turkey dog. Like I do like a little bit of relish, but yeah. not a whole p- pickle season that way. It was mm, awful.
3: We don't want that. Ugh. Nope. It was nope, like a port wine,
4: you know, like a headache like that. No too yeah, sweet give me the
3: dill I guilty
4: as charged guilty. guilty i can't wait to hear people's opposing opinions because i know people love sweet gherkins <laughs> there's whole aisles of them at the grocery store really many at least at least a, a whole more. end cap gross
2: we're
3: about to be in a big pickle here
4: that's we're right. be in a big
2: pickle um when we come back it is time for some true crime rewind
0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com/pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com/pod50 for 50% off.
6: True Crime. Rewind.
2: Yeah,
1: it's rewind time.
2: So for True Crime Rewind this week, you know, I knew at Allan Poe like he's got to have some shit going on you know he's a he was a weirdo darkness surrounding him and I thought I was going to find like a you know it could be like a little bit of a series but what I really want to focus on is the fact his marriages were a little bizarre and then his death was a mystery so we're going to jump right into those two things that's what we're going to be focusing on today cool.
3: so Ooh. okay
2: number one he married his first cousin who was 13 years old. This is a massive problem. <laughs> How old was he?
3: I'm sorry. Was that 13?
2: 13. Okay. He I think was um 27. That's wrong. So I'm gonna give you like the little the little laydown of their oh. uh, relationship. So she her name was Virginia Clem, and she first met Edgar Allan Poe in August of 1829, four months after his discharge from the army, and she was seven years old. So they met when she was seven, and he was 21. That's when they first met for the first time.
3: Oh, so it's just gonna get worse. Got it. It's
2: just gonna get worse. So he ended up living with their grandmother. And he was sort of like her big brothery type of a person. And then he was smitten by a neighbor, neighbor named Mary Devereaux. And Virginia, his cousin, served as a messenger between the two. So in the beginning, he was – or Virginia was kind of the go-between between him and this other girl that he was trying to court. But then – I think she ended up dying or something. And that's when Edgar Allan Poe came back to Virginia. And they ended up getting married in 1836. And her na- her age was listed as 21 years old instead of 13. So I think that they knew that it was a little oh, bit sketchy.
3: God. If you're... Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, obviously. But well,
2: he married a
4: changing...
3: child. <laughs> he married a child. That's, that's... Yeah, on paper, that's exactly what happened. And actually in real life, too. And if you're actually going through the thought process where you have to, like fudge the numbers you know what you're doing
4: and Aaliyah did that that's what happened with Aaliyah and r kelly
2: yeah i mean you know you know it's wrong apparently it was not that weird to marry your first cousin back in the day which that doesn't seem like it was that long ago but whatever but it, it said she was uh i don't remember what the word was a little bit young or something i think rudy it's giuliani like, married
4: his first cousin ew what yeah isn't that illegal no mm. not I'm not in every state
3: Very Game of Thrones.
4: (laughs) So anyways,
2: uh, he kind of like took care of her, I guess, like tutored her, you know, like a I don't know, like a dad probably would. And she referred to him as Eddie and he called her sissy. And it says it's been suggested that the couple may have not even consummated their marriage. And then I read this kind of interesting thing. That said, this uh, biographer for Edgar Allan Poe, it says it suggests that Poe did not need women, quote, in the way that normal men need them and was never interested in women sexually. Friends had indicated that the couple did not share a bed until Virginia turned 16, then enjoyed a normal married life. So take that for whatever
4: that is. I would just want to clarify, Rudy Giuliani married his second cousin, <laughs> okay. not his first cousin. I for don't really what know that's how worth. the first
3: second... I don't know how that whole thing works. I need to look at a family tree Your, your parents'
4: cousin is your second cousin.
3: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Now I know. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. It, I never knew that. That is a new wrinkle in my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his death. So that's weird. I mean, his his child bride was bizarre. His death uh, to this day remains a mystery. So on October 3rd, 1849, this guy named Joseph Walker, he was a com- compositor for the Baltimore Sun, headed out to this place called Gunners Hall, which was a public house bustling with activity it was election day so people were like voting that day and they were voting at this place called the gunner house and it was a pop-up location for the fourth word polls whatever the fuck that is when walker arrived at gunner's hall he found a man delirious and dressed in shabby secondhand clothes lying in the gutter and he found out that this man was edgar Allan poe and edgar Allan poe he was completely delirious like wearing somebody else's clothes that absolutely were not his and they ended up bringing him to the hospital where he died a couple days later. So there's all these like mysterious circumstances revolving around his death because nobody knows why he was there. No he was like supposed to be traveling to somewhere else like Richmond or something to help some other poet, but he ended up here and it was just this very mysterious set of circumstances that nobody knows what happened. Don 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 so when he went to the hospital he spent his final days wavering between fits of delirium gripped by visual hallucinations and the night before his death according to his physician he repeatedly called out for Reynolds but nobody knows who Reynolds was so there are different theories about him and how he died one was that he was beaten to death by some um, ruffians he was robbed by ruffians ruffian
4: I love that word Ooh. (laughs)
2: and a big thing about edgar Allan poe is he could not hold his booze he would drink like one glass of champagne or something and he would just be like done <laughs> so only if
4: only i was a one glass wonder he
2: was a he was like a bit of a lightweight so people were like you know he might have become drunk after a single glass of champagne and then he was wandering the streets might have gotten robbed and beaten by ruffians this is my favorite theory so It's this thing called cooping. And the theory is that Poe fell victim to a practice known as cooping, a method of voter fraud practiced by gangs in the 19th century where an unsuspecting victim would be kidnapped, disguised, and forced to vote for a specific candidate multiple times under multiple disguised identities. Isn't that crazy? That was a thing then? But voter what, like pro-
4: physically with disguises? I want to know how that worked.
2: Yeah, apparently that that's why they were saying that he was in clothes that weren't his, is because he, he was being forced and like drugged and disguised as a different person because he was found at this like voter place. That's so interesting.
3: Whoa. what's it called? It- Cooping?
2: Cooping, and it says voter fraud was extremely common in Baltimore around the mid-1800s, and the polling site where Walker found the disheveled Poe was a known place that coopers brought their victims. And the fact that he was found delirious on Election Day, they say, is no coincidence. He got cooped. Cooping scheme.
3: He got cooped.
2: Another theory is that he was murdered because he had a new fiancé. She was super wealthy, and they thought that her brothers were... They did not like Edgar Allan Poe, and they murdered him. And then, the last one was just booze—that he couldn't hold his booze. And I like
3: the lightweight theory. I don't know <laughs> something about that. He's just like, you know, he's kind of like he's. From what I've gathered so far, he's like seems like one of the maybe the first emo kids. You know, he's like, pretty
4: tormented. yeah he was kind Definitely. of a brooding character.
3: For was sure. he? Was he a little guy?
4: I don't know. I don't do we know about know? his stature,
2: Jared. Mm, okay. I, I'm sure you can Google his height. Google sure his I just want to know. I, I want to know. Let's see. please do a
4: dramatic reading once you find a little paragraph about it. Okay. <laughs> find a paragraph uh, and do a dramatic reading like you really care uh, about it. Edgar Allan okay, Poe, stature. Physique. <laughs> physique. <laughs> okay.
2: Waiting.
3: Waiting. Here we go. How did others describe... It? pose appearance most general accounts of Poe's appearance relate that he was a handsome man yes whoa.
2: yes this was a thing that i saw a lot when i was doing research is because his picture he looks very old like i said and like you know he has this like creepy look but like he
4: was you wouldn't look at that guy and be like that guy's hot he looks like Next. he belongs in the adams family yes mm.
3: women in particular considered him good looking whoa his attractiveness was enhanced by his bearing which seems to have been influenced by his brief military experience.
4: Oh, did he have like a broad shoulder? <laughs> so
3: maybe he just like had a big stance. You know, like what you're supposed to do if like a bear is attacking you.
4: Okay, so he just but took yeah, up a lot. He just took up a lot of space in a room. He
3: stood tall. <laughs> but this is his, this because
4: he was short.
3: He was five foot eight.
4: Did he puff himself up like a like a chimpanzee?
3: He was five. Or is foot it a eight, baboon? But, he was a sturdy uh, five foot peacock. eight. A peacock. Ooh, a peacock. Uh, <laughs> He was uh he was five foot eight, but I feel like he presented himself as though he was much taller. And I feel like there's a lot of shoulder of
4: pads and plumage in his clothing.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, like
4: make making seem a little denser. Also, but, a five eight back in the day is probably like six super feet tall. Man. Yeah,
3: but but God forbid he has one Bud Light.
2: It's all over. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't. He's date got a real Alexis. weak liver. <laughs> And also, I learned that he didn't sport his little mustache until like four years before he died. And that was such like an iconic part of Edgar Allan Poe's
4: vibe.
3: Iconic. I'm looking at it right now. It's like, it's what a unique looking person.
4: He looks kind of like Charlie Chaplin. kind of
3: does. Well, yeah, mustaches back then kind of had this like this vibe to him. I don't know. He's he had got a nice very, full mustache.
2: He had a very asymmetrical face. No offense. Well, he looks like a Cabbage
4: Patch doll, <laughs> doll a little bit. Like, he looks kind of like a children's doll. If he didn't have a mustache, he'd look like a like a baby doll. I like you know? the shape
3: of his head. It <laughs> yeah. looks like he has a big he brain. He's going
4: to look like a, he is, a baby. <laughs> he, has a, he looks like a baby. And his hair looks like a baby's hair. Like, it just filled in just <laughs> now. Looks like, but, like, you know, like, the babies that look like old men. It's yes. like an old yes. man looking like a baby looking like an old man. No, and his, he looks like a bald mannequin with a wig, little wig yeah. put on it. He
3: looks like, like his, when I was growing my hair out and i couldn't figure out where to put the part
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he has like these i'm looking at other photos he looks like he's got like <laughs> side eye photos too like he gives like super side eye Like, that's, the like fuck? No, that's his really asymmetrical face no he looks he looks kind of sassy eye.
3: yeah he's got like a sassy. he him.
4: was sassy it mm-hmm. looks like he's gonna throw out like a quippy insult right now mm-hmm. like he's was, ready remember yeah he was he was critiquing all these people
2: probably being a little bitch Mm. i can
3: see it in his face wow that's amazing
2: he's got a lot of feelings i can tell i love um i think we need to do this anytime we have a deep dive on somebody is really really rip apart their looks listen
4: anything over 100 years old is fair game because you know what and you know what he's obviously a prodigy and uh you know massive contributor to the literary world there's no denying that this is all in good fun Yeah, we we love him. And you know, he probably would have been as handsome as literally anyone else. He's just dressed like an old timey bat.
2: That's right. You know, and he was probably, that 5'8 was probably massive. He was the biggest boy on the block.
3: Biggest Biggest boy (laughs) on the block. Biggest baby in town.
2: That's right. (laughs) Big baby coming through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, he did some bad things like marry his 13-year-old cousin, child bride.
0: But when we come back, we're going to hear about some bad things that you people did next. What's the worst thing you've ever
3: done?
4: Come one, come all. Worst people ever congregate here with your. Um, what do we call ourselves? With your, with your council yes. of evil.
3: Your sh- shaman of shame.
4: Yeah, except oh. none of you have anything to be ashamed about because I would never play and on the stand where you were actually a bad person. Because when I hear those, I go, I clutch my pearls and I'm like, oh my God, I can't play this. <laughs> and Alexis texts
2: me. She's like, I can't believe we just got a call
4: about this. <laughs> I'm waiting for the one that I can make a podcast about Nothing that me and Jack yet. can like do something yeah. like who left this mysterious message uh, that hasn't occurred yet. It's more, I'm protecting you callers. So we're going to dive right, right into our first one and it's about someone's dad. What a fucking delight.
6: Okay, so this is the worst thing that I've ever done. When I was a freshman in college, I dated this guy, and he was a few years older than me. He was a virgin, and so I took his virginity. Um, He got really attached to me, and I remember eventually he told me he loved me, and I remember saying... I wasn't there yet, and so he said, could I still say it to you? And I said, sure. So he'd say things to me like, I love you, and I'd say, thanks. <laughs> I remember it was so cringy that at one point, um, essentially, um, basically, needed to break up with him. So one day I called him and said, hey, I have something to tell you. And he said, my dad died. And I said, That's really horrible. Um, I have to break up with you. (laughs) So, yeah. Basically, I broke up with a guy the day his dad died. I had to. I really couldn't stay in it anymore. I felt really bad, but, yeah.
4: You know, if someone asked me if someone should, like, hey, if your parent died and someone broke up with you, what would you do? You know, I don't think it was at the top of his mind, to be honest. I think, you know, you have to honor the things you need. And the older I get, the more I realize that, like, people's needs can't really be based on other people's needs. You can't be scared to do something that's good for your health because it might hurt someone else's. You can be as considered as you can be, but you said it's like, I couldn't take it anymore. And the last thing you wanted to do was be insincere while he was grieving. Like, that would have hurt him more.
2: It's like a lose-lose situation because it's like if they decided that that was the time for the breakup, it's like you're either going to rip off the Band-Aid then or you're going to have to, you know, be the person, the rock for them while they grieve. And then you're going to break up with them later. It's like there really is no right time to do it. So, I mean, it's, you just had to work with what you got really.
4: Well, and some people aren't equipped to be a rock, no matter where you are in your life. If somebody's asking for you to be their rock or requiring it, it's on you to not be if you can't be because you'll just make things worse. So I think your perspective in really ending things in that moment, I, I think you did the healthiest thing for you and possibly the healthiest for them because stringing them along through that painful journey could have ended up being way less way more unkind than you well, just and like ripping them now. Totally. Yeah because it's
2: like if you if you strung that person along for x amount of time and they thought that you were, you know, the one person kind of like holding it together and then you left like that's just like another trauma another trauma and another blow so it's like yeah it's like you're just stuck in a really unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. that has no correct answer and also great storyteller please keep on keeping very good
4: if you have any more (laughs) call us back
2: call us back um i think that you know one is enough for this week i'm ready for a poem and i i have been waiting for this
4: poem from alexas okay let me just ground myself okay hi my friends i have a query rhetorical more like a theory Nope, I've lost the cadence of the poem. Hold on. (laughs) Hi, my friends. I have a query. Rhetorical, more like a theory. My life, it has been rather eerie, with sadness, pain, and shame galore. They point at me and sneer with laughter. My mental state... Oh, wait, no, sorry. One more time. One more time. (laughs) Hi, my friends. I have a query. Rhetorical. (laughs) Fucked. Sorry, I have the paragraph I'm leaving
3: me. all of these false starts in, by <laughs> way. No,
4: you can't. <laughs> yes. This is, this is good work. This no, is, good, this is we, good poetic work. We need to I'll see cut this, them down how short, the sausage we'll, is made. Yeah. Hello, my friends. I have a query. Rhetorical, more like a theory. My life, it has been rather eerie. With sadness, pain, and shame galore. They point at me and sneer while laughing. My mental state, it feels like crackling. My problems, they're overlapping. Things are worse than once before. My life sucks. It is a bore. As I remain, forever George. Oh. Wow. <laughs>
3: wow. I love that you got it right on the first try, too.
4: No, I didn't. <laughs> Wait, will you cut the bad ones out, please? No. Fuck. No. But how, think about how, how moving it would have been had I done it right the first time.
2: We it was it to, moving regardless. I was moved. And, you know, I was moved even more
3: hearing all the way that you got there in the end
2: all right
4: well this is like instagram versus real life guys nothing comes the out good the an, first time
3: the best thing an artist can do is bear their true soul and you did that yeah, with us but here i don't today. feel good
4: about that but if you guys believe it in I, there's nothing i can do so i'm going to surrender myself to your process <laughs> and that's fine you can trust me love you thanks jared love you all, right, all guys
3: love
0: you bye see you on patreon till time. time. Bye. bye.